Hello team, good morning and welcome to episode number 56 of the Audio Podcast. As always, with the Auto Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. How are you this morning, Alex? Uh, I've had a bit of a funny week. You had a funny week? I've yeah. had a funny week, but but we'll get into Yeah, we'll get into mine, that I think a little bit. Got some news. Yeah, it's been a bit of a bittersweet week, Yeah. Uh, to, to be fair. Uh, so I'll start with the bitter, the bitter part first. Um, unfortunately, a very uh, close family friend of ours, uh, 31-year-old man, Matt, actually passed away last weekend yeah that's shocking uh yeah uh was obviously out of out of the blue uh don't need to go into the details of it but yeah. uh to put it to put it in perspective um so he he was the uh son of uh, a lovely lovely family mm. who were actually our parents first friends that they made when they moved to tambourine yeah and We've, and that was, what, 30 years ago. Uh, and we've sort of knew them ever since. So we mm. grew up with them. You know, our, our parents were tight the whole way through childhood. We used to go on um, sort of family holidays together mm. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, 31 years old and yeah. and gone way too way too soon. So yeah. he, his, his funeral, well, this will drop on, on Monday. So his funeral is actually tomorrow. So it's on Tuesday. Um to any, any of you who know it, I mean, obviously you'd know the news by now if you knew him. Um, so there are funeral arrangements already set up. There is actually going to be an, uh, an online link as well too if you want to tune in okay. uh, and watch the service online. So obviously look out for that. But um, I, I obviously know that uh, he's, he's up somewhere probably screaming ACDC, fixing God's car yeah, and, and playing with the shiny Charizard Pokemon card he <laughs> stole from me in primary school. <laughs> so, mate, uh, shout out to Matt. Um, yeah. RIP, mate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's pretty heavy. But uh, in, some, in some good news uh, that I'd like to share with you this week. Uh, so you may have noticed over the last, I don't know, 12 weeks or so, uh, I've been extremely tired and progressively getting fatter and I haven't really spoken about exercise or anything, uh, very much for the last 12 weeks. And that is because, uh, the wife Amanda and I are expecting. Mm, congratulations. Thank you very much. Mm. So we've got bubble number two on the way. Yeah. Uh, so we're at the 12 week mark. Uh, you, like life wasn't hard enough. Like uh, just go again. Yeah. Look. Full throttle. Full throttle. Um, yeah. We know it's it's tough, yeah. yeah, especially tough at the beginning. But I mean, look, we're we're in our thirties and we're sitting here doing a podcast together. And I'd like to think that uh, my kids, or at least to give Nate the same sort of opportunity to have a lifetime friend like I've got. Mm. Uh, I think I'm very fortunate to have that. Mm. Um, my wife and her sister are two years apart, and they're very tight. And a lot yeah. of our friends are, are two years apart and really tight too. So hopefully, uh, we'll we'll have a similar scenario with our kids. And I know it's going to be more difficult early on, but it gets easier when they can just play with each other and you know have to entertain them. Every, <laughs> and everybody. This, is where it's, this is where it's my job to make sure that the eldest is is the winner. So well, I, I, I've got a vested interest in Nate being mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. Well, are you going to start winning soon, champion? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm winning in the sleep categories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I just wanted to take this moment too to give a shout out to my wife, Amanda, because anyone who knows her knows that the morning sickness that she experienced the first time around was absolutely horrendous and nothing has changed this time around. Yeah. So she is an absolute trooper. She's still working full time as a school teacher at the moment. Uh, being the breadwinner for the family. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the morning sickness is like, it's not morning sickness. It's, it's all day sickness. There's uh, a myriad of foods that we normally eat that she can't even smell or it makes her vomit. Uh, actually <laughs> funny, kind of funny story. We were going for a walk last week, last weekend as a family and out the back of our house, there's a pathway that shoots through from our side of the street through to where like the high school is. And it borders on the back of Helensvale Golf Course. Mm -hmm. So the pathway also goes through wetlands. So it can be kind of smelly. There's like yeah. mangroves and stuff in there. So anyway, so we're walking back through there the other day. And then obviously Amanda cops a whiff of the smell. Mm. And she's not a quiet vomiter or dry reacher. So she cops a whiff of the smell. And all you hear is... Uh. <laughs> But it went like this. Rat! Ting! Fuck! Because we were right behind the golf course. Those people are teeing off. Just as Amanda retched. And it obviously faked him out and fucked his, his driver. And I was like, oh, sorry, sorry boys. Like, she's pregnant. And the, like, they looked like they were ready to go. <laughs> like, we'd done it on purpose. And I was like, sorry boys, she's pregnant. They're like, oh, okay, like, never mind. <laughs> So look, shout out, shout out to my wife. She's an absolute superstar. Um, now, what effects has this had on your body? Uh, look, a lot. Um, it's really interesting when you look into the biological science behind parenting because everyone knows that dad bod is a thing. Mm. And Are you a scientist? Am I a scientist? Yeah. Uh, I, I could just about be with the amount of uh, research and podcasts and yeah, but YouTubing I do. But isn't it only real if it's from a scientist? Uh, yeah. You just got to pick the scientist that tells you what you want to hear. Yeah. So a lot of the research that I've been doing has essentially shown that human beings have at least have co-parented for at least however long, hundreds of thousands of years to the point that when, so when you're, when you're a man and your partner gets pregnant, uh, a whole bunch of changes actually happen to your physiology, which really comes down to your hormones. Mm. And the first thing that happens is that your testosterone drops by like two thirds. Now, uh, benefits of testosterone dropping is obviously it makes you far less aggressive, mm. which is really important when you're around a newborn infant that won't sleep during the middle of the night. Mm. And obviously when you can be frustrated, um, generally uh, everyone knows people who've uh, had a bit of high testosterone roid rage in their time. Yeah. So... Uh, that's a benefit, but there's also side effects to that as well, which is, uh, the, the actual scientist, Andrew Huberman, who I get a lot of this information from the way he puts it with testosterone is that testosterone makes effort feel good. Mm -hmm. So that's why you'll often see young men in particular who are like hard charging, work hard, play hard, play sports, hit the gym, they're doing everything because mm. when your testosterone levels are peaking, that effort feels good. And then you get the positive feedback from it as well because testosterone also helps you build and retain muscle mass as well. Yeah. Uh, helps your muscles repair. Like 
the way that it helps is that essentially you're, you can tear your muscles exercising. The testosterone helps you repair faster, which means that you're going to get that super compensation quicker. It also means that you can train more often. So that's why people as they age tend to have to be more careful with how much weight bearing exercise and stuff like that that they do because you're not getting that recovery mm. as quickly as you used to. So uh, that's that's one thing. So what one of the things that I have had happen in the last 12 weeks is obviously... Nate's still not a good sleeper. Uh, I want Amanda to be able to sleep as much as she can. So I've done all the middle of the night stuff with Nate. That's why I'm not getting any sleep. Yep. And he's currently, so he hasn't been sick for about a month now, which is great since we took him out. And that's the reason why we took him out of daycare yep. as well. Uh, but he is teething and he's getting the big molars and stuff coming through now as well. So he's like, hates life at the yep. moment uh, in the middle of the night. So I've been doing that stuff. Uh, I've obviously been, again, Amanda doing all the work and bringing the money home to the household. By the time she gets home in the afternoon, she's wrecked. Yep. So I've been trying to do the majority of the parenting stuff, all the cleaning around the house, all yep. that sort of thing, which I just describe as anyone who's got a toddler knows it's just treading water. Like yep. you're just doing stuff all day and it, by the end of the day, it doesn't really look like you've done that much. And obviously we've gone back to me only having one day a week off now, which is the Wednesdays yep. rather than the two days from, from daycare. But that's, I'll, I'll well and truly take that trade off for us not to all get sick yep. again, because that was pretty horrendous. Um, but the other interesting thing that happens to a male's body is they, uh, you start releasing more of a hormone called prolactin. And prolactin is really interesting because they've only recently started going into the science on prolactin and what it actually does. And, it appears that prolactin actually makes it easier for you to retain body fat. Mm. And the theory behind it is, and this is what comes back to the whole co-parenting thing for a long time, is that it's like your body is preparing for a long period of time where you're going to be getting no sleep. You're probably not going to be having the time to go out hunting resources, mm. etc. So it's actually storing excess energy, knowing it needs to use it down the track. So I'm getting fat as fat. Well, I know I noticed it. Yeah. So and and I wouldn't say it's fat, fat, but it's it's definitely a lot softer than what mm. it was, and it happened really, really fast. I was mm. I was pretty surprised by it. But when when you kind of said, you know, the byproducts of fatherhood or whatever, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But you could even notice it. Like I even had one of the friends in the group chat mm. notice it. Yep. Not by not by the look your looks, but by your lack of activity in. The weight, yeah. the, the gain train, mm -hmm. right? So uh, it is It is a very, seems to be a very real thing. And then it's, I'm kind of, anecdotally, I get it because another friend of mine's just had a baby mm -hmm. and he, he without realising, has done the same thing. Mm. Yeah. And he's like, I've got no, I've got no will to work out. None, yeah, none, zero. And and just to say, it comes back, like, and it's, I don't know how long it took, but obviously I was on the gain train at the end of last year. So when did we start the 12-week the challenge? Was that October or something last year? can't remember. So we were, we were training no, around... No, I wasn't. Well, sorry, no, you weren't. I, I had started training really back again about October last year. Yeah. So I guess that's like 10 months after Nate was born. So uh, it does come back, but... What I'm, what I'm trying to do this time around, look, obviously, for me, I know that uh, family life comes first and Amanda needs all the support that she can get right mm -hmm. now. And obviously, Nate needs all the support that he can get right now too. 
So I still want to be doing exercise, but I'm not working against my biology. So what that means is I've sort of shelved the heavy weights mm. for a while because no testosterone means you're not going to have the power anyway, but you're also not going to recover as quickly and you're not really going to be building and retaining a lot of muscle. Uh, so I'm switching to sort of more cardio-based exercises at the moment, which is interesting because I'm doing more cardio than I have in a while, but I'm fatter than I've ever been. Mm. Well, not ever been, but uh, fatter than I've been for a long time too. But cardio-wise, obviously, uh, cardiovascular fitness is very important, especially with a respiratory virus that's going around mm. at the moment too. Uh, so trying to work on that instead of... And I'll switch back to lifting weights and stuff probably next year when the baby comes. So at this stage, looks like around March next year is the ETA. And, uh, Congratulations. Yeah, thank that, you. That last part's probably a bit of an interesting segue to an interesting conversation I had during the week with mm. some guys that are just starting to get into working out. Okay. Which was uh, one of them weighing themselves all the time. Mm -hmm. And literally could be finishing a workout and then looking at the scales. And mm -hmm. I'm like, stop doing it. Stop mm -hmm. doing it. Stop doing it. Yeah. And then one of the other guys got in and was like, trying to justify it. No, no, we've got different targets to you. We yeah. want a, we want a weight number. And I went backwards and forwards. It's probably like a 45 minute text conversation about mm -hmm. why that's not a good idea. Yeah. Because that number is just a number. And it's mm -hmm. how you, are, how your body's made up. Is yeah, body composition is what, what really matters. Anyway, after that conversation, um, my friend had come and spent the day with me last Wednesday mm -hmm. and we actually went through the numbers. Mm. And for him to achieve this arbitrary number he picked in his mind, he'd need to be at 6% body fat. Yeah, yeah. Just, and that's if he put no muscle on at yeah, all, okay. no lean mass at all. Yeah. So if his lean mass stayed how it was, yeah. which is going to be really hard to do, and then also take off 15% mm. body fat. Yeah, and then yeah. when he saw that, he's like, oh, oh, like that, that doesn't seem like, no. like I pulled up pictures. <laughs> my screen like what does six percent body fat on a man look like mm. and it just looked like a it's not this <laughs> it just looked like porn like yeah, yeah. Like, it's the best stuff up there right yeah, yeah. and he's like i'm not gonna look like that <laughs> and, and not to say not to say that you shouldn't aspire but you've got to be realistic yeah, that's you've got a, to be realistic and and even most bodybuilders say that for a for a bloke about 15 percent body fats or or maybe down to 12 percent body fats a bit of a sweet spot where you're obviously healthy, you you look really good as well mm. compared to the average, but it's sustainable. Like none of these bodybuilders get down to single digits body fat and stay there year round. Yeah. Like that's a peaking for competition type, yeah. type number. The other thing too, and this is something that I'm mindful of because I'm a fan of combat sports, is every single weekend I watch fighters who compete in say a 170 pound weight class who got down to there by cutting water weight mm. and they've cut maybe 15 pounds of water weight in the week leading up to it. And then they rehydrate. And by the time it's fight fight day, they're back at 190 pounds. Yeah. You know, just 10 kilos. So yeah, you can get to an arbitrary number if you want, just do all the salt loading and everything they do and just sit in a sauna, strip out all the, all your, your water weight and yeah. hey, presto, you've achieved it. But because that's what I said to him. I said, that number, the easiest way to get that number is just don't eat a drink. Yeah. Like, just starve yourself and you get to that number. Mm -hmm. Are you healthy? No. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's why we all got DEXA scans and they all did too. Yeah. So, and that was, and that was a tip from, like, yeah, from my gym. professional, yeah. Like, and that was a game changer for me. Like mm -hmm. I've said in the past, for people that haven't listened to it before, if I had just used the scale mm -hmm. or the way that my pants fit, mm -hmm. 
six months worth of working out was a waste. Yeah. Because my weight went up a little bit. Yeah. And my pants fit worse. Mm. But then when I got the follow-up DEXA scan, it was like, well, I've taken two kilos of bad stuff off and added two kilos of good stuff on. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great ratio. Yeah, you know? that's But it, right. you need to know what that what that data is. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's no, interesting. And I, I was thinking about not doing a scan this this quarter just because it's not I a goal should. but i'm going to do one anyway yeah. just out of interest because it will show you can track it like yeah. at least you'll be able to sort of plot uh what that effect is and then and the who bit- knows you might want to have 15 kids <laughs> well I can, I can tell you this right now if i have 15 dif- uh, 15 kids it's going to have to be with about 13 different women because <laughs> i don't think this is happening again uh and uh so so be it amanda so be it <laughs> and she, do you know what she's probably sitting there going yep that's yeah. fine yeah. <laughs> okay she'll be sitting there going shut the fuck up alex <laughs> um but uh it'll it'll be interesting too and the other the other element of it as well knowing how i am in my head is I'm more than happy to run this prolactin and lower testosterone excuse. But then once the excuse has gone away, I need to have the data there so I can hold myself to the sure. standard uh, from next year. And that- but I, I noticed that even in your, like I could see it in your mentality towards mm. life change mm-hmm. when you, I don't even know if you'd found out yet, or maybe you knew, I can't pinpoint the exact time, but I remember there was a, there was a change where it was like that, competitive streak had kind of gone and the like only recently yeah it was that was after we'd found out yeah because uh, we we had done a pregnancy test at about i think four or five weeks in and had it all confirmed and stuff back then but obviously yeah uh, there's plenty that can go wrong especially in the first trimester trimester which is pretty normal so we just wanted to hold out and wait until we had and we just had blood tests and stuff this week which uh said that everything looks pretty good uh we all we missed the phone call to find out what the gender is. So uh, place your bets in the in the comments. Do you think we're getting a boy or a girl? Uh, to if give... only there was a place that you could put like long-standing bets like yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be really really in one place, and then yeah. Well, it won't be that long-standing because I'll I'll let you guys know next week when we okay. find out. Okay. But uh, if I had to guess, and you guys know how my tips have gone on, not just the tip, I'm, I would guess that it's another boy. But who fucking knows? Because <laughs> the first time around, I was 99% convinced we're getting a girl. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's a boy. I think it's a boy too. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I, and, I'm, happy, I'm honestly I'm happy names? Can we Can we float some names? Well, let's do this. Because uh, I've... I always put off the name conversation until I find out what the gender is. Because it's 50% of the conversation's a waste of time. Well, how about we just put cis names up? I don't even know what cis means anymore. Does anyone? <laughs> so, okay. Now, that, that, that's a good thing. And actually, yeah, yeah, a tip from a friend that's had many kids. Mm. He's like, don't tell anyone. Because everyone's got... De- yeah, don't don't talk mm. names with anyone. And t- mm-hmm. Like, it's between you and Amanda. Because mm-hmm. everyone's got an opinion, and it doesn't fucking matter to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, in, in not fair- that you're, you're not affected. You're, you're not that kind of guy, but... You know, you might I, say, oh, yeah. I want to call my kid Krupal. And then they're like, oh, well, Krupal was, there's this guy that fucked me over once. And Yeah, yeah. like, 
I, I understand that everyone's got opinions. I mean, we've got a podcast and we, we share opinions weekly with you guys. Yeah, we are and and I, I appreciate what your opinions are, but I don't care that much. So you can have as many opinions about your names as you want. I'm still going to go off the names that I want you to use. <laughs> but that's, that's a you thing, though. I can see how some people would fall into it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, peer pressure is a real thing, right? Yeah, like sure. we're, we're, sure. we're seeing lots of that at the moment. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, like it's, uh, it's an exciting time for us as a family, for sure. Well, that peer pressure thing is a great segue into what I want to speak Boom. about, which right. is I have found myself this week being absolutely 100% triggered mm-hmm. by the news Okay. to the point where I was finding it hard to pull myself out of it mm-hmm. and I was feeling bad about everything that was happening. Yep. And then I was like trying Any to- Any re- particular news item or all of it? Rona stuff. Okay. Oh no, Rona and, Af- and Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Okay. Yep. You say it all the time. We are salespeople. Mm-hmm. We are the most lied to mm. profession probably in the world. Yeah. Okay. And as crazy as out there sounds that, you know, they, they, salespeople have a rap for we're the liars. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the tip. There's a saying from salespeople, buyers are liars. Yeah. Okay. And you get very good because we have 75% rejection, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We get very good at understanding when we are being lied to. Mm-hmm. And I felt almost every article I watched mm. last week was a flat out lie. Yeah. And and little techniques like, let's focus on one particular point that we can mm. push our message. Forget the other stuff. Yeah. And I'll, the one thing that tipped me over the edge was watching Tracy Grimshaw on, she current there? Mm. She, had, she had some doctor on. I like how you use the terminology tipped me over the edge and then Tracy Grimshaw in the same sentence. Well, that would be like that. It would be flung. If you guys were like on a seesaw. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be in uh, orbit. <laughs> so she, her line of questioning of, of someone that she had in that I think was, was ready to say mm. the, what I would deem as the truth mm-hmm. was not allowed to say the truth because of the closed nature of her questions. Yeah. So she would just say her bit and then say like, and effectively, and obviously you agree, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And it left him nowhere to go, which is a technique that we would use all the time to try yeah. and get to the truth. When, when, when we're can, I, as can well. I just make a sales point on that just mm-hmm. to illustrate it for the people? So one of the exercises that we used to do all the time as salespeople is there's a principle in sales that the person who is asking the questions controls the conversation. Mm. And we would literally do exercises around being able to take control of the conversation by the questions. And a lot of them used to be like the example would be a phone inquiry because a phone inquiry can be difficult when a customer has questions that they're going to call up your dealership and ask you. And the questions are usually like, have you got this car in stock in this color, blah, blah, blah. What's your best price? So that's generally the sort of the way it sort of goes. But as salespeople, we were taught a trick. And the trick was when someone asks you, like, have you got this car in stock? You could ask them like the same question back to them. Oh, so you're just wondering if I've got a Kia Cerato in stock at the moment. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And now I've got control of the, yeah, of the conversation. You just flipped it. That's right. And what human nature is, when someone asks you a question, our human nature says we want to answer it or we're being rude. Mm. And salespeople have known this forever, mm. which is why we do it. 
Yeah. Because if you're asking all the questions, that means that you just get all the information that you want and we don't get the information that we want, which is the stuff that we're going to use to tie the whole conversation together to end up doing a deal with you down the track. Yeah. So when you see it play out live mm -hmm. and I guess uh, if you look at it in like everyone's watched like the legal shows like Law and Order and stuff and then you'll have a, a lawyer asking a series of questions and then the other lawyer will be like, objection, leading the witness. Like it's what we're doing every yeah, day. But, and it's what the journalists with, are doing but too. without the ability to object. That's right. Yeah. And and uh, there's a reason why objection leading the witness is, is an important objection because the, the, the witness is being led to somewhere. Yeah. But also, we we all love all those shows that we watch when the lawyer's asking these questions and it's real slick and then like it looks like it's going one way and then they go, boom, and they ask the one thing and then they're like, I'm guilty. Yeah. Like Because they're getting to the truth. They're getting That's to the, the truth. They're getting That's to right. the truth and then... Or they're getting to the truth that they want to get to. Yeah. So I was, I found myself absolutely triggered. And then when I tried to escape from TV, I jump on social media and social media was, was the, mm. the same deal. That's mm. just so, so much of it. So this week was, and this, this is all my fault. Like this is all my mm. fault because I need to understand when psychologically I'm being affected by it and mm. I need to remove myself from it. Yeah. So, so I just moved myself out of it too late. Yeah, I mean, did you I, did you find that the like early on when you were getting triggered, were you seeking more? Yeah, 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 yeah. Looking for it, then reading articles, and then researching something, and I'm like, what am I doing? What mm. am I doing? You know. So, the, I think there's a, there is a lesson in that mm. because it's designed. So whether you are looking at as at it as in depth as what I am, and I'm probably looking at it through a different lens to a lot of people because mm. of our our career up. Mm -hmm. but it's still designed to trigger you yeah because just like what you just said about me i was now invested in it mm -hmm. and once i'm invested in it i'm now hooked mm -hmm. and once i'm hooked then they get to show the advertisers that they want me to see yeah to hopefully buy yeah so there is a lesson out there just it, and this is with anything if there's something in your life that is just doing your head in like, just try to remove yourself from it. From mm. it. Give yourself a break. Like, give yourself a, a, a rest so you can actually come up with a rational yeah. argument about it. And that's the that's the issue is that the more invested you get into it, the more rationality goes out the window. Oh. Because, so, again, this is another sales principle. We, as salespeople, we never wanted people to make a rational decision around buying a car because rational decisions, you don't make money off. We wanted people to make an emotional decision out of buying mm. a car. So, you would... Again, this is what we were taught. You would have clients come in and you'd be asking questions about what car they want and maybe they're getting out of a, a small car and going into an SUV. And then you go, oh, okay, like why are you looking at the SUV? Oh, you know, we've got another baby on the way. Oh, congratulations. And then we were told to like talk about stories of like, oh, so like, you know, when when little Nate like is as a, uh, you're taking him down to swimming uh, swimming lessons. And look, if you look in the back here, there's a special compartment. It's got like plastic bottom so you can stick all the swimmers and all the wet stuff in there. And so you, you, you're putting that car in the customer's life and then they start getting an emotional attachment mm. to it and when people get emotional they generally pay more money mm. so so when you said before about how people think that salesperson are liars i'll tell you right now if every single customer walked through the front door and said i want to buy that product and i'll pay the price that's on it there would be no lies i want to sort of frame it in a different way so if you only listen to what jason's um uh 
version of the sales training is, you would think that we are savages. <laughs> but we we're not we're never cold call people. Mm. Like the customers that we have done these exercises with are people that walked in with the intention of buying that thing anyway. Yeah. But for some strange reason that's built into the human psyche, they will not do it without being salty. That's right, yeah. And it's it's not necessarily that you're doing these things for a, 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 an evil, nefarious reason, but you might be doing these things to help someone actually just make that leap into buying the car they know is the right thing for them and for their families. And like me, as a, have always considered myself a fairly ethical salesperson. Yeah. So uh, if I, say, qualified someone and I knew my car was the perfect car for that person... I saw it in myself that it was ethically my responsibility to make sure they didn't get sold by someone else down the road into something that was less suitable, more expensive, wasn't going to fit their needs, was going to have these problems. Like it was actually my responsibility to try to help that person make the right choice. I'm, I'm the same, but I was such a car nerd that when customers would come to me and I'd try to identify what they what they were trying to achieve in a, in a new car, they mm. often had large blind spots because they... Yeah. Their, their life was not about cars and mine yeah. was. So I I wanted to use my expertise to try and help them find the right thing. And yeah. it was the amount of people that you'd like, you're saying this, this, and this, and you're, you're, you're attaching it to that car, but mm. if you consider this, and it could be cheaper, mm -hmm. it could be, you know, it just suits their needs mm. a lot better. And that's why that's why they were sales professionals. Yeah. I do and feel like in a way that that's, that's dying. That bit. is dying because a sales professional... Like they're a professional of anything generally is at a bit of a higher income level. And that's why they can afford to the amount of times I would tell customers, sorry, my car doesn't suit your needs. Yeah. You, you should be going down to Mazda and checking this out, or you should be going down to, you know, Ford and looking at a Ranger or whatever. Like the amount of times I literally push people out the door that I could have just sold a car to. It was huge. And that's why I wasn't the best salesperson because my numbers weren't as high as they mm. could have been because if I just wanted to fist every single customer into a car, I probably would have had a higher uh, conversion rate. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, I would have had a way lower repeat and referral yep. rate. I would have had way more customers who were pissed off at me. And I didn't want that. Like, no. it's nothing worse than being a salesperson and selling someone a car that they demanded from you, even though you've tried to advise them to buy something different. And they ghost you for the next six months saying about all the problems that they've got. Or, you know, just seeing them in the service department yeah. with the wrong, the wrong car. Yeah. Yeah. And, and often I, I did it early on in my career where, where I was, I was just selling people what they wanted to buy. Yeah. And then that's when you learn, you build a, a database of that yeah. kind of stuff happening. And then you realize, oh, it's actually the, in a way customers are not qualified Mm. to know the right thing for them. Well, you're the professional. Yeah. It, it's the same as if you if you got a plumber to come to your house because you've got a, a problem with pipes, you wouldn't get that plumber to come over and then tell the plumber all the things about the pipes and what they need to do and mm. blah, blah, because you don't know. So as a sales professional in any industry, you're the expert on your product and the, and the, the competitor's products. So you're the one who should be helping that person make the right decision. Mm. Because in, in, yeah, in no other industry, like you, you don't go to a restaurant and walk out the back and tell the chef how to make your food. Yeah. You just order the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. That's a good um, point. But yeah, like I don't want to make it sound like it's all, it's all nasty stuff, but I want to make people aware of the fact that 
we are hypersensitive to a sales pitch because we've we've lived in the world of sales pitches for well for me for a decade for you almost two uh well 15 years or whatever it's been 17 years however long you've been in the car industry mm. um and it, it does make you hypersensitive What's that, sorry? It's 18 years. 18 years. Yes, yeah. it's almost two decades. Yeah. So, because I just want you to consider this. If you, let's say that you're someone who uh, builds websites. If someone comes to you and says, can you build this website? You'd be like, yep, I could do that. It'd take me six minutes and this is what I would do. And you go bang, 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 bang. You'd get really, really good at building websites if you've been doing it for 18 mm. years. Well, this is the same thing. Like, yeah. it's just what we've been exposed to for such a long period of time. And you're... you're your statement before about the whole buyers liars thing. The best example that I can always remember is when it's hail season. Happens all the time. The amount of times clients have, like, so they've taken their car in, it's got hail damage all over it. Mm. They've taken it. So this used to happen when I worked in Tweed mm. all the time. It'd be a hail storm up in Brisbane. And you would just get countless phone calls of customers from Brisbane, wanted to do a deal over the phone, uh, value my trade in, let me know what my trade is worth. All right, yep, cool, let's do a deal. And you'd be asking all the questions. Does it have hail damage? Because I know hail storms has gone through that. No, there's no hail, there's no hail, there's no hail. And you'd tell people all the time, no problem, let's do the deal, sign the contract. But just so you're aware, it is subject to our inspection of your vehicle mm. when you arrive to pick up your new car. And then the customers would come down and sure enough, it looks like a fucking golf ball. Like it's yeah. got more hits than the Beatles on it. And then they get pissed off at you when it's, and it's like, dude, you tried to pull the wall over our eyes because you obviously had your car valued yeah. at a Brisbane dealership. They've seen the hail. They've told you it's worth three or four or $5,000 less than what you what you expect for it. And then you've tried to dart another salesperson. Yeah, some people forget that we've, we we do it every day. Mm. Like you do it once every three to five years. Yeah. We do it every day. Yeah. The, the hail thing was funny because I went to the auctions with the boys the other day and we're walking through and there was quite a bit of hail damage there. Mm -hmm. And I... I've heard this before from customers. It's not hail. It's just lots of dents. <laughs> I'm just very unpopular in my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's a difference. Yeah, Like, that's yeah. a difference. So, um, but, yeah, so, in in a lot of these conversations, there's, there is just, there's so much bullshit. And I yeah. get it. Like, this is nothing against the news, right? Yeah. That's their business model. Their business model is yeah. to, to, to spin a narrative to get people in, to, to get people engaged. And they, 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 for someone as sensitive as me, mm. they got me. But it, go, it goes above and beyond that too, because not just the news, like the, the government participates in this sort of emotional selling as well. And this is the thing that triggers me the most of, out of the current climate and, and the COVID and the vaccine debates. The government and the media have done such a good job at emotionally selling to the public that you must get vaccinated to protect your family and your community. When the data is showing, and if you look at countries overseas with much higher vaccination rates than our own, the data is showing that not only are the vaccinated people still getting the virus, but they are still able to transmit mm. the virus. Now, they may, they may be having better outcomes personally from the virus because they're vaccinated. Sure. So the vaccines are being shown to have a level of protection for the individual. And I've never argued against that. Yep. My argument right from the beginning about mass vaccination has been, we don't know what the long-term safety ramifications are for an mRNA-based uh, vaccine because we've never used one before. And 
we've we've never mass medicated before because of things like the ability for a virus to mutate and i feel like delta is potentially an example of that where that if you look at data from the united states and from the uk for example it is showing that people who are vaccinated still have the same viral load of delta in their nasal passages and everything mm. like that so if they're if they're asymptomatic, for example, because they're vaccinated, so they feel fine, but you've still got the viral load, well, you can still go out there and spread it. Mm. But getting back to the point, the government and the media have done an amazing job at using emotional selling to get people so convinced that you must be vaccinated to protect your family and your community when that is factually incorrect. Which is the exact same technique they used 20 years ago the news and the government when they said that we needed to go to the middle east yeah it's it's emotional based absolutely and, and we like i said all before, rallied behind and like i literally said before when we're selling cars we want people to make an emotional decision because mm -hmm. they pay more money well if you're making an emotional decision about more these compliance. we're paying a higher price mm -hmm. aren't we so and this is what we just wanted to to lay out there and i know this is like you're basically talking about the news but just to wrap some stuff up in a little bow here our our thoughts on vaccine i'm going to speak for myself but i'm sure i speak for you mm. in, a, in a way our our thoughts on vaccination of this if you want to get vaccinated to protect yourself get it mm. if you if you don't want to get vaccinated because whatever reason don't get it mm. as a rich western first world country with a democracy and a level of freedom that comes with it we are concerned about the level of those freedoms that people have readily just handed over and of trying to peer pressure their friends mm -hmm. and family into handing over as well mm -hmm. under in my opinion a misplaced guise of safety mm -hmm. so that's why i sh keep sharing the statistics so we we see the triggering news on, on the news every day about the large number of cases and the couple of deaths that we have here and there, but the actual death rate from COVID continues to decrease. So when I updated the numbers from my last Facebook post, which was over a week ago, we had like over a thousand more cases, but I think maybe six more deaths. So the, the actual death rate's gone down like 0.42%. Yeah. So, so say that number again. 0.42%. So again, to put things in perspective for you, so it's August, right? And I think we've had somewhere in the vicinity of 80 deaths so far this year from Delta. In Australia, every year from all-cause mortality, on average, 150,000 people die yeah. every year in this country. So by the eighth month, so past the halfway mark, we've had 80 people die from COVID. So it means the we probably had somewhere around 85,000 people die of various causes at this stage, but we are allowing our lives to grind to a halt based on this 80 situation. And I'm just want to check. Well, I'd also found like I'd sent you that. Hold on one sec. It looks like this is paused for some reason. Alrighty. Sorry about that guys. We're back. We just had some brief technical difficulty. So, uh, as we were just saying, um, we just want, things we put in perspective we we have been emotionally sold a narrative of fear around covid obviously covid's had some very real effects on on the community at large but we are getting a far inflated view of the impact of covid particularly this year 
last year was obviously fairly big. But compared to everything else that's going on at the moment, and obviously you sent me through some statistics. Yeah. So I went through the Australian Bureau of Statistics and went through like the all-cause mortality mm-hmm. um, section there. And literally every death rate, so they, it compared 2020, mm-hmm. it had a, a, a rolling graph for 2021, and it had an average from 2015 to 2019 yep. to compare. Mm-hmm. Everything is up except respiratory disease, yeah. which has dropped dramatically. Yeah. And obviously all of the, the um, what's it called? Measures that... that the measures been, that have been put in yeah. place have, have assisted that. Yeah. But a shocking one was the suicide rate. Mm. 2020 suicide rate compared to the average from 15 to 19 mm-hmm. is up by 800. 148 yeah. deaths. And that's 2020. That's 2020. And I dare say 21 will be worse yeah. because, uh, you know, that that there's no end in sight for some of these states. Well, got, you... the, the news got worse. Mm. Uh, the lockdowns got worse. The restrictions got worse. And no government support. So yeah. you've got to remember, 12 months ago, you didn't have to pay your rent or your mortgage. Mm-hmm. You're getting $1,500 a fortnight from the mm-hmm. government. Like there was support there, whereas now you've got an extra twelve months, or let's just say twenty twenty one. You've got an extra eight months worth of fear porn mm. every single day. You've got heavier restrictions than what we experienced last year, as far as interstate travel and what. Like we've had lockdowns and stuff for the whole time, obviously. Mm. But now you've got, you know, now you can't come into Queensland unless you've had a, a vaccine. Now that I think is disgusting. Like as a, as Australian citizens, you can't cross an arbitrary borderline because yeah. you haven't had a, a, a medical procedure. Yeah. Like imagine if if in fifty years time it's like oh well, you can't go to the Gold Coast unless you got a pair of fake tits because yeah. everyone on the Gold Coast has fake keys. Yeah. Like it, it's it sounds ridiculous, but if you would have said three years ago that you wouldn't be allowed to go interstate if you didn't have your flu shot, people would be like, Are "You serious? Yeah. Like this makes no sense." And for 70? Uh, it's like, I think the last real number I saw was 74. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of headlines since then with like a couple of people here and there. So I'd say the number's about 80 or something so far. And year. probably 600 additional suicides eight months in. If, if you had to, if you... If you had to extrapolate out. Yeah. yeah. But so, how, so how many, this is, this is my question. How many people are we willing to let die to save a small amount of people from this thing that's yeah, and and this is exactly the point I was trying to make when I was saying we have been emotionally sold to, so mm. we are paying a higher price. Yeah, because and like it's interesting too. So when you when you look at the sales of because uh, you let's not forget the vaccines aren't being created and offered by a taxpayer funded government agency. For the protection of, of everyone. It's citizens, yeah. The, the vaccines are private companies that our government is paying our tax dollars to give us these these vaccinations. And they're recording billions of dollars of profits. Mm. Billions of dollars of yeah. profits. Let that sink in. Billions which, of dollars. Which every Australian bank has invested in, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and I've realised that one of the reasons why my ETF is going so well is because they invest in yeah. AstraZeneca. Yeah. So... 
you need to understand that there is a sales pitch going on. And what I find very interesting and um, anyone who only, like I've always looked at overseas markets because generally what happens overseas trickles down over here. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting is that in America and the UK, and I'm not going to talk about Israel because Israel's got its own set of issues. They were the first that got vaccinated mm -hmm. and now they're having lots of breakthrough cases and they're talking booster shots. So I guess you could lump them in because it's the same story. So the UK has got an extremely high vaccination rate, but in the UK, they are already starting to talk about how the effectiveness of the vaccines tends to wane over mm. time, somewhere between four and six months. Mm. In America, their vaccination rate isn't as high as the UK or Israel. And the reason for that is because obviously everything over there is so split politically that essentially, if generally, if you're a Democrat, you got the vaccine. If you're a Republican, you don't. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting when people look at what's happening on the mainstream media over there, where they're like, oh, these, these stupid Republicans don't want to get the vaccine. Well, if you rewind 12 months ago prior to the election, there are all these clips of Joe Biden, of Kamala Harris on the campaign trail going, if this vaccine's created on a Trump, I'm not taking it. Would yeah. you be the first one to take it? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, there's heaps of them, guys. Yeah. So I'm not saying one of these parties is right or wrong. I'm saying that politicians playing politics yeah. and everyone's falling for it. So, but still in that country, they're talking booster shots as well. And again, I put my sales hat on and I go, the reason for this is because in those countries and including Israel, you, you, as a vaccine company, you probably already sold to the majority of people who are going to buy the vaccine yeah. or receive the vaccine for free via government funding, which is your taxpayer dollars anyway. So you're paying for it. Yeah. Right? So you've already hit the peak. So, you need to open up new markets. Now, the only way you can open up new markets is with the vaccinations. You talk about vaccinating kids, mm -hmm. even though all of the data suggests that kids have very uh, minimal negative outcomes from COVID as a disease. So you'll notice it in Australia, we never talked about kids getting COVID until now. Mm. So you, you talk about vaccinating kids and then you also talk about booster shots. And... Overseas, they're talking about booster shots because they've hit their thresholds. Over here, we're not yet. Yeah, but we will. But we will. Yeah. And the reason why we're not talking about over here is because we don't have enough of our population vaccinated yet. Because the thing is, there's a stack of people who are already vaccine hesitant. And if you then come out and go, oh, and by the way, the the positive effects of the vaccine wear off after six months, you're going to need to get boosters every year. Everyone who's already vaccine hesitant is going, well, it's not doing what you told us it was going to do in the first place. So I'm just not going to bother. Yeah. But I guarantee you, when we get up to higher percentages of vaccinated population, we will start hearing about booster shots as well. And our TGA has just recently, I'm pretty sure this week, approved the vaccine for 12 to 15 year old kids. Yeah. Now, what I want you to consider is everything that you hear around this, it's all about transmission into the community. So they're talking about, they talked about how people from between the ages of 20 and 39 were like the super spreader group because they're the ones going to work and then go on family functions and they're still out and they're not getting bad outcomes from the virus. So that so the, the talk in the media became, we need those people to get vaccinated as soon as they can because they're the super spreaders. The data is showing that vaccinated people, particularly with Delta, can still get the virus and still transmit the virus. Mm. So it's this sort of nonsensical argument yeah. that you can only sell with emotional selling. Yeah. We don't see data on, on the news every single day about vaccine effectiveness. All The only data we see is cases and deaths. That's it. Yeah. 
we don't see the data from the TGA's own website about adverse reactions, about uh, deaths from, from the vaccine, whether they're coincidental or not. Mm. We don't see that data because it is, it is a sales tool. It's a sales pitch. And the worst thing about this emotional sales pitch is it is so smart. Yeah. It is so it's, smart. It is ridiculously effective. Because peer pressure has worked on human beings for all time. Mm. And they have done such a good job of convincing people that the ones who aren't getting vaccinated are a danger to us all. Yeah. And you're being selfish that they have now created an environment where their people, their followers do the selling for them yeah. and put the pressure on their family members and put the pressure on their friends. And you'll notice anyone who's listening to this, well, regardless of what side of the vaccine debate you sit on, you will notice that it's your pro-vaccine friends who speak the loudest in your group in regards to this subject. Mm. The, the anti, and I'm not going to call them anti-vaxxers because the majority of them are completely vaccinated anyway with the other vaccines. Yeah. The, the COVID-19 vaccine hesitant members of your group generally pretty quiet yeah. because they know it is socially unpopular to speak about mm. the, the reasons why you might be hesitant to go and get this vaccine. But even with all that aside, we should be, we should not be okay with hard borders, mm. like national hard borders. Yeah. Like this has never happened. This has never happened in Australia's history. No. Sp sorry, Spanish flu, 1917, 1918. Mm -hmm. They, I believe there were some quarantine zones yeah. in some large cities in 1918. Mm -hmm. No border closures. I, and they, they ran the ships differently. They yeah. didn't let the people yeah. off the ships. But there has been no subsequent time where we would do something as extreme as this. And we mm -hmm. should not be okay with it. Like, no, I, I'm not okay with... Being out, uh, like drive an hour and a half south mm -hmm. and arrive to a hard border, yeah. which is like something out of a dystopian movie. Do you not trigger me? There was a, there was one news story this week that really triggered me, which was a news story of might not have been this week, but I may have only seen it this week. Four babies in South Australia with heart issues after birth were denied entry to Victoria because of COVID. Mm. So they couldn't get life-saving surgery because South Australia doesn't have heart, like, yeah, yeah. They're like pretty infant, specific, yeah. right? They don't have them. So we just let four babies die, four newborn babies die because of COVID. For fucking what? So there, there are no, there's fuck all cases in South, South Australia. They've yeah. barely been affected by COVID this entire time. So at the worst, you could have let all of the ambulance officers and the families into your state, and then they could have quarantined or done whatever they yeah, needed yeah. to do. But give these babies help. Yeah. And I know acutely the sacrifices that particularly mothers make to create life. Yeah. Right. I'm going through it right now. It is horrible to see what Amanda goes through every single day. So imagine at the end of that, having a baby with a heart issue, which in a rich Western nation could be solved yeah. because we've got the expertise, we've got the facilities. Open over a painted line on the ground. Over a, over a, it's not even painted, mate. Mm. Like there is no paint. Yeah. Over 
for for what? So under the guise of safety, we let four newborn babies die. Yeah. Under the guise of safety. That's it's disgusting. And and, and but those numbers aren't recorded. And those those numbers aren't the numbers that are shown every single day. So mm. I ask you this, like I challenge you this. What would what would your feelings or sentiments be about this thing if every day, all day, on the news, that instead of showing cases and COVID deaths, mm-hmm. they showed you business foreclosures, suicides, um, uh, and COVID recovered numbers. Yeah, you'd feel very different. Mm-hmm. You'd feel really, really different. Mm. So, what? Like, why? Why are we falling for it? Because, Why are we okay yeah. with it? Because it, it works. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, so I, I've been putting up a couple of posts recently on Facebook. And it's not... I don't want to tell anyone what to do in regards to vaccination because it's a personal choice. And uh, that's that's what we're... It, yeah. it should be a choice. Yeah, but, and what, what my concern is though, and like I was saying, the sales pitch is so effective that the people who don't want to get vaccinated are saying, I don't want to get vaccinated for my own personal reasons. You do you. Yep. The people who are pro-vaccination are saying, I'm vaccinated for my own personal reasons and my reasons include you needing to get vaccinated as well. And just think about how nonsensical that is right right from the beginning. If you are vaccinated and the vaccine works, you are protected from the virus. Yeah. And then you're saying that your friends and family need to get vaccinated to, to what? To protect you, but you're already vaccinated. Yeah. It's nonsense. Yeah. So either the vaccine works or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you think it works, you've got it. You're protected. Hey, presto. Happy mm. days. You're all good. Is it a... Do you think it's a... Well, I've had to do it, so you should do? Is it, is, do you think that plays a part in it? Definitely. And and some of the messaging has been around that. And I've seen that a lot in the United States as well. And I've heard similar things over here where they talk about how the, the, the minority that doesn't want to get vaccinated will benefit from the heavy lifting of the majority who is going and doing the right thing. So it is a mess because obviously if we get to herd immunity, which the nut, like what's the number for herd immunity? Does anyone know? Mm-hmm. No, we don't. Okay. So because it's herd immunity until the new variant comes out. Yeah. Like Delta, which is still infecting people. Yeah. So if you look at the States, all the vaccinated people have just had been told to put their mask back on and they're talking lockdowns again. Yeah. And why is that? It's because the States is heading towards winter, colder months, yep. when respiratory virus is spread. Yeah, it'll go up. So you need to watch overseas because we're either six months in front or six months behind these countries based on seasons. Yep. And you will you will see the data will be will tell a very, very different story. And the other thing too is obviously it's political suicide to roll into a federal election talking about lockdowns because yeah. everyone's going to hate you. We've got an election coming uh, first half of next year. I think it's about May next year. I guarantee you that all this shit goes away by then mm. because it's, it is a political issue. Yeah. Can I just say this too? I'm, I do think COVID's an issue. Yeah, agreed. So there are, there are steps that I've taken to protect myself mm-hmm. and going to the gym was one. Yep. Like, like I said, I'm put, doing cardio exercise. I put quercetin, zinc, vitamin C palmitate. Yep, we both cut back on alcohol. Right? So, like, it's... it's. Well, I'm not being flippant with this at all. Mm. So I, I respect that it's a thing, right? Mm. And that it is it is harming people. But I'm yep. doing steps to help. Yeah. So I don't feel like I need that, right? right? And nor, and like I said, I'm, I'm 35 years old. Never seen anything like this before in my life mm. where the government is going to push something 
and the media is going to push something as hard as what they have, except for that 20 year ago. Mm. And it's already been, that's already been pushed again as well. But also, like, just consider too, like, no one's talking about lab leak anymore. 12 months ago, all we were talking about was how this came from Batsu. That, that spread like wildfire, went everywhere. If you spoke about lab leak, you were called a conspiracy theorist. And as we've said on the podcast before, the difference between conspiracy theory and the truth is about three to six months. Yeah. It appears these days. Because conspiracy theorist is this current uh, society's version of calling someone a racist. Because if you went back prior, prior to COVID, if anyone had a view on anything, you just called them a racist, particularly in comments online. And then yeah, you, you win. Flawless yeah. victory. Yeah. Right. So it's just a it's just a word used to discredit you, and this is a this is a point that I I was speaking to Amanda about yesterday. We need to get away from playing the man in society, because we, so there are good ideas and bad ideas, right? What I'm sick of saying is when a good idea comes from a bad person, we discredit the idea. Yeah, we need to be discussing ideas, yeah. not discussing the people who say yeah, the ideas. Absolutely, and and. Absolutely. You've seen, well, you may have not have seen, but I've seen through American society, for example, a lot of, a lot of their heroes, they have just started talking about all their negative points. So if you, if you think of someone like Malcolm X, for example, there's all these stories that have come out about Malcolm X being abusive to women and blah, 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 blah. So in other words, what they're trying to do is discredit Malcolm X's ideas by discrediting the man. Yeah. But can't hold the idea? The, the, the human being who says it is irrelevant. Yeah. And and a perfect example in recent times, Donald Trump was the one talking about the China virus and that it came from Wuhan. Yep. Right from the beginning. We probably should have listened to him. But because it was Donald Trump, we didn't want to listen to him. Who was the ancient uh, philosopher that got... Um, he got deemed to be a heretic, so they... Um, they filled him with... Um, they basically embalm you live... Who was it? Jesus? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Uh, well, there's there's a guy who had some great ideas and then got crucified for them. Yeah. But but um, I think it's a really good it's a really 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 good point. Who, who was it? Um, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was it. It's the, not Aristotle. Was, was it Aristotle? Plato? Was it, it the, might have been Plato? The philosopher? No, Galileo. It was Galileo. Yeah, who who said that the sun does not revolve around the earth? Yeah, we revolve around the sun was crucified for it he was right <laughs> right so so but at the time at the time mm. he was deemed to have such radical ideas yeah they killed him yeah okay so i i what you've just said i've never actually heard it said like that and i think it's so important the ideas let's play with the ideas mm. and forget the face yeah michael jackson's music still bangs <laughs> yeah 100 percent. right for whatever the guy did, the, Mockdale's, his music, his body of work can stand on its own. Yeah. the We were at SeaWorld yesterday and in part of the park, The Way You Make Me Feel came on and Amanda looks at me and goes, hey, it's our song. That's the song we played at our wedding. Yeah. Like, it's a banger. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to use the terminology banger when it comes yeah. to Mockdale's. <laughs> yeah, that's um, probably a... But, but, but yeah, so we've spoken about this before about separating the art from the artist. Well, this is a similar idea of separating the idea from the, yeah. from the, the human that the mouth that it comes out of because it it is and again it just plays into our our deep-seated biological urges we want to be accepted we want to be part of the group we we 
like the easiest way to persuade someone to do or not to do something is to convince them that the person who said what they should be doing that there's not what you want to do is evil yeah it's the easiest way to do it can i segue just a little bit i I, you just reminded me of something that happened throughout the week yeah I want to come on, back to that because I've got another point on it. Well, you might tie in on mm-hmm. social media, right? Yeah. So I've listed a the most beautiful 200 series Land Cruiser you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. I've listed it on a 200 series buy, swap and sell page mm-hmm. on Facebook. To the people that are on that page, you were the dumbest, <laughs> the dumbest, most idiotic um, people on online. <laughs> you should be barred from the internet. Okay, so I posted this car up. Yeah. And they are picking holes in it. Oh, this is ridiculous. Oh, you've got this accessory on it. I want to put this accessory on it. Mm. Oh, you think Land Cruisers are good? You should try a Dodge Ram. How about you have have that conversation on a Dodge Ram site? Yeah. <laughs> You're on a Land Cruiser site. You currently drive a Land Cruiser. Mm. These guys are shorting their own stock. Yeah. They are bagging a product that they will eventually need to sell, mm. and they are bagging it. You are the dumbest page on the internet. Mm. Like, like, there's probably like this, there's, there's there's a couple people trying to defend it, but there's more idiots than yeah. there are smart people. Yeah, but it's it's pack mentality. It's Absolutely, the, the madness of crowds. Two hundred series. You're the dumbest. Like, let, let me. The dumbest, the spelling mistakes in it, mm. like the, the grammar used in it, yeah. you are the dumbest, you should be barred from the internet. Yeah, and like it's symptomatic of our society at the moment. So one of the things that has um, triggered me on social media recently has been uh, people who are pro all of the lockdown measures and vaccine that we've had in Australia, who keep sharing memes going... Um, any of you who are against this stuff need to get a fucking clue and look at Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's virtue signaling because it's going, I care more than all of you do, so I'm a better person. But hold on. Where were you five years ago? Were you supporting the Afghanis five years ago? Were you sending aid over there? Were you? Do you have an Afghani pen pal that you were sharing stories yeah. with and trying to organize yeah. for them to move to the country? Were you helping them get citizenship? Like, where the fuck were you well, ex- back when the... When- excuse me? The Australian government did both of those atrocities. Yeah. So we're doing the one here now. Well, yeah. And, and we did the one there. And and the other thing that I'll say too is that it's really, really dumb when you're using one uh, authoritarian regime to say that our authoritarian regime's not as bad. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where it ends up if you allow it to happen. Because then you just get everything dictated to you. Yeah. So that sort of virtue signaling, if you didn't care... Two years ago, don't care now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know don't what I mean? care now. Don't care now just to sell your point. Yeah. Just don't, like just just admit you didn't give a fuck before, yeah, but yeah. now that it suits you, you care. I got massively triggered because I saw a few people um, liking it. Yeah. And then I've had some other people that it triggered them in a really different way. Mm. They're like, How dare you use some, like two yeah. things that are so different and like that to, to use that comparison, like you don't know what any of these people have gone through. No, but and you don't know what people here have gone through. That's right. And there's potential suffering happening in, in Afghanistan. I understand that. Yeah. But you're using their suffering to sell your ideas over here. Yeah. You're not flying over there and flying them out yourself. Yeah, like Tim you're Kennedy's. not a fucking hero. Tim Kennedy's doing it yeah, for sure. But you're using someone else's suffering to tell people over here to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like they, they you, this, this is one of the reasons why um, I I love LeBron as a player, 
but he needs to shut the fuck yeah, up yeah, too yeah, yeah, yeah. because he is he's so he wants to insert himself on social issues that suit him and then he is completely silent on issues that should con- yeah. concern him because of money yeah. so you need to be consistent and i like to feel that at least us on this podcast are consistent with if we if we share an idea we're consistent on the idea if we get better data we're happy to change we'll our change minds it. Yeah, absolutely like Throw, throw more data in the, in the comments. One of the things that I've changed on in, in regards to the vaccine is at the beginning of the vaccine rollout, I was saying no one should get it. Yeah. Now I'm saying if you're a vulnerable person, an older person, yeah. perhaps you should get it. Yeah. Because for you, a, a negative effect of getting COVID is going to be higher. Yep. So any protection from that, which the data is showing is at least yep. giving a level of protection, that's going to assist you. And also, as bad as it sounds, if there is a negative side effect to it, which is ongoing, you have far shorter to live with that issue than you do if you go and inject Nate with, with the yeah. vaccine, right? So I flip-flopped on that because I've looked at the data and I've gone, okay, to me, this makes sense. When you look at the cost-benefit analysis, that's what makes sense to me in regards to this. So I've changed my mind on it. Oh, I don't know if the cost-benefit, with the data, there's not enough data there to support that the cost is worth it. But if you if you're an older person with comorbidities, potentially, no, I'm talking of the nation. Oh yeah, no, no that's right. I'm I'm talking about specific individual. yeah, individuals. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not so, saying for everyone. I'm saying for this, yeah. like you need to look at it. It's like it's like playing gambling odds, right? Like you need to look at it and go, yeah. okay, I've got all these other comorbidities, so perhaps for me, the vaccine will be less problematic than COVID would be. So I'm going to take it. Yeah, and and it should be the individual's that's choice right. to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and. Yeah. They should also have access to the data to be able to make an informed decision, which right. they didn't have last year because everything was removed. And they still don't because we are we are spouting non-scientific rhetoric saying that you need to get the vaccine to protect everyone else. That's what I found really funny is because a lot of the people have been sending me articles, mm. which is are people's opinion pieces about yeah. a selected slither of the actual yeah. study. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, go read the study. Yeah. Like the studies are there. The studies are on the internet. So let me give you a really good example of something that happened recently and I'll segue into what I wanted to talk about. So the FDA in America, like we talked about the FDA last week. There's no head of the FDA. Well, hey, presto, they've just approved Pfizer, mm-hmm. given it a full formal approval. So everyone who was pro-vaccine prior to that happening has then gone and spouted, go on, see all your anti-vaxxers, shut the fuck up. It's been approved by the FDA. Mm. But then, as, as with everything, the devil's in the detail. When you dig into the data, the press release that the FDA um, put out there saying about the approval and then saying all of the numbers, the data they had used was up to the 13th of March. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a, a press release that Pfizer put out on the 1st of April, ironic, <laughs> uh, which was talking about the vaccine having a 91% efficacy rate mm-hmm. of preventing you from getting infected. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at other countries overseas, Israel being the key one, but also the UK and the United States, they're now talking about waning protection, which occurs between the four to six month mark. Yeah. Right? Now, the FDA has approved it and released a press release saying that it's still 91% effective because they're using data up until the 13th of March. Yeah. Another fun fact about the FDA is, I can't remember what the actual percentage is, but a large percentage of their approvals, they rescind anyway. Yeah. So... And, it, and it's crazy because the FDA is an American body. So all of the American media is going, hey, great news, FDA has approved it. It's all good now. Even Joe Biden's come out going, hey, all of you people who are saying you need an approval, well, now you got one, so go get yeah. it. It was the British Medical Journal, which was the first publication, which actually came out, read through it and goes, uh, hang on a minute. 
It's August. Yeah. The CDC released a paper on the 18th of August saying that the efficacy had actually dropped down to 78%. Yeah. So that's one American health body, the Center of Disease Control, whereas the Food and Drug Administration's just gone, well, that data doesn't support an approval. Let's just stick with the stuff from the 13th of March. I, and like I said to you during the week, I don't think it's necessarily that nefarious. I just think the application would have been sent through at that time and this is how long it's taken. Potentially. And, you, and, update it. and that's, yeah. that's uh, uh, bad bureaucracy. Like yeah. that's bad red tape, you know, yeah. that's, that, that's potentially caused that For to happen. Sure. But, but when it's very interesting reading a lot of the studies mm. that are out there. I've learned heaps. If you, if you actually read them too. But you've got to read them. And you've got to read right. them in their, in, in, in in their, their entirety. entirety. Yeah. Because these articles, like, you can pick a slither. It's like a, it's like a comedy show, watching a comedy show. Mm. And then if you were to quote one of the jokes, like how offensive would that be mm. when it's outside of context? Yeah, yeah, When yeah. it hasn't, you know, we know that this happens. Mm. It's obviously the equivalent of Chinese whispers. Are you allowed to call that? Uh, whispers. Um, where... Uh, that message just gets diluted mm. and transformed into something else. So just read this study. That's right. And sure, there's some big words in there. Mm. Guess what? Reading's good. That's <laughs> right. Reading's good for you. Yep. And because reading will actually help you. Like if you if you see a big word that might be from a drug or whatever, then you can look up that word and go, okay, that's why it's called that because it's an amalgamation of blah, 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 and blah. Yeah, yeah. Like um, the actual Pfizer vaccine, it's not Pfizer. Pfizer's the, the company the, that yeah. creates it. The actual vaccine name is Comanati. Yeah. And that's, it's an amalgamation of, so CO is from COVID, yeah. uh, mRNA, yeah. and then uh, the TY is something else. But it's, it's like It's a, the dumbest word, because I tried to, I couldn't say it. I was reading it, and I was yeah. trying to say it out loud, and I, I had like 10 goes at it. It mm. does not sound, like they sh I'm sure we could have made a better version of that. Yeah. We could have branded it better. Yeah. They could have called it like COVID defense juice. Uh, like, um, COVID death 5000. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sell it, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But something else I want... Another point I want to make is the... Uh, I have I, I found it very entertaining. So there are lots of movies and TV series that are extremely popular, especially over the last 10 years. But it, for all time, we have always watched film and we have gone, like, what a great movie, right? Mm. And a lot of the movies that we watch are about maybe some sort of bad situation happens and through struggle a a minority of uh people coming triumphs from triumphs over evil yeah yeah a minority of good people through Overcome. toil and uh, through you know with the odds stacked against them yeah with the odds stacked yeah. against them end up triumphing over evil and i would say 95 percent of people who watch those movies go that'd be me if that happened yeah. That'd be me. The Hunger Games. Yeah. Great, great example. The Hunger Games. Very, very popular movie series. You know, you've got all the districts, right? And there's all walls between the districts. Like, you're not allowed to go between the different districts. Oh. They've all got walls there. Right. And we go... And then, like, when you get to the, what, the main city or whatever, it's all the, the bourgeoisie, like all the elites, yeah. the rich people who uh, they spend their time... Uh, eating, drinking, whatever they want, and then they watch the Hunger Games every year, which is all the poor people killing themselves for their own entertainment. Yeah. Oh, sorry, killing each other yeah. for their own entertainment. And we go, oh, that's fucked. Yeah. Like, if I was in those districts, I would be like, whatever, what's um, her name? Oh. Uh, 
no, it'll come to me. It'll come to yeah. me. Ariel? No. Um, uh, it's got an A in it, doesn't it? It's probably. Anyway, I, I would be like that chick with the bow and I would fight for what's right and, you know, we would, we would rebel and we would knock the walls down and everyone would do the right thing. And then it happens in real life and we are so quick to fall in line. Yeah. And go, oh, I don't want to stand out from the crowd. It's, it's safer being yeah. part of the crowd. Yeah, you're, you, you're an extra in that movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, an, you're an NPC in a video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and it's, it's so interesting. And I've, I've made the joke to you a few times about Star Wars. And when Star Wars first came out, all these kids in America would have been growing up thinking that they were Luke Skywalker, the, like, poor farmer kid yeah. from the, the planet that's just got sand. And then the older you get you realize that no bro america's the empire <laughs> the empire is trying to stomp out all of these people that come from poor countries full yeah. sand you know like it's it's super interesting how i think people's life imitates art yeah yeah you and know. you see a lot of that too um but i i just find it interesting how it's it's it is a very good example of how people's perception of themselves is so different to the reality oh yeah and, and when, and, and look, obviously people who are on the pro-vax, everyone needs to get vaccinated to protect everyone else side of the argument, they will be thinking that they're doing what, you know, the hero of the movie would, would be doing. I yeah, guess, I don't think I've ever seen that movie though. What's that? I don't think I've ever seen that movie. It would be like, now, okay, I know that this link has been made and I don't mean it that way. I'll try and be smart about it. Yeah. Imagine... If the I Am Legend movie, <laughs> right, was not based on Will Smith's perspective, if he wasn't the hero. Yeah, it was the ghouls. No, no, well, pre-ghoul, right. it was like, hey, this is a great idea. Let's yeah, let's get yeah. these, like, if it was a movie about Dr. Jefferson, Dr. Jefferson was a scientist and he came up with this great thing and, mm. and like, if it was from him and he would be the hero. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that movie's been made. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. But um, also, like, another interesting point, too, because, so human beings, we obviously, we we tend to organise organize ourselves into hierarchies. So I've been watching Survivor, for example, recently, mm. and it's interesting how even on a game that's about deceit and lasting until the end, being last man mm. standing, Right from the beginning, certain people tend to put themselves up at the sure. top and people follow them. Human beings have done it forever. And we are seeing more and more often how problematic that can be when we deify the wrong people. And a great example of that out of the States recently was Andrew Cuomo. So Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, last year was put up as the gold standard of COVID response. Mm -hmm. And he, so he was, he was a, a hero. He was a Democratic governor. He was a hero. Uh, the media put him up that he was a pseudo-president of the United States mm -hmm. because people were looking to him for leadership instead of Donald Trump. He was the man. He wrote a fucking book yep. last year about how good he was. Yep. Got millions of dollars in advances to, to write that book. He was the guy. So, was it two, three weeks ago now, he's been unceremoniously ousted from his position the reason they have asked him from his position is because of multiple sexual assault allegations, uh, which have been leveled against him by former staffers. Mm -hmm. Now, what actually came out this week was the reason he probably should have been ousted, which was the fact that 
the New York government, headed by him, was covering up the amount of COVID deaths that were in nursing homes. So one of the things that made his numbers look really, really good last year was they were only counting COVID deaths in hospitals. So one of his policies was if you took a COVID-infected person, stuck them in a nursing home, and they died in the nursing home, mm. they don't count as a COVID death. Better numbers. Right? Well played, sir. The numbers look fantastic. Yeah. So... Should have just kept your hands off the fanny. Yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the saying that uh, Adam Curry, I stole it from him on No Agenda, has been saying, like, uh, grabbing fannies and killing grannies? <laughs> so you've got to think, if you take a COVID-infected person and you stick them in a home with... Um, with high risk people, you're probably going to cause more deaths yeah. as well, right? Yeah. And we saw that here. And yeah, but even even if they didn't kill anyone extra, let's pretend that that happened. It was just the COVID patient yeah. themselves that died. Uh, it's come out this week that the new New York governor has um, claimed, like, shown the real numbers behind COVID deaths, and they covered up twelve thousand people who died. That oh. they just didn't include them in the COVID numbers. Because of they shuffled them around, stuck them in nursing homes, so their numbers look better. So this guy was put up as the gold standard, deified in America. America's like father was was like how they were treating him. Yeah. And he was hiding that he was, you know, killing thousands when of people. When a hero comes along with the right data to support <laughs> this song. Yeah. Um, and we saw something similar that happened in, in Australia where last year Gladys Berejiklian, she was put up as the gold standard of, of COVID response. Now she's and, the brown standard. And now she's the brown standard because everything sort of spiralled out of control. And then unfortunately that has further uh, strengthened the position of the, um, of the premiers either side of her state, like Queensland and Victoria, who are now like, okay, we need to go more hardline because of, mm. you know, look what happened over there. And, you know, you, I don't know how many times Dan Andrews has said, you got to go hard, you got to go fast. Like, what, seven times in a row now? <laughs> um, because it doesn't, I mean, and even when you look at New South Wales, they've got a thousand COVID numbers, cases a day now. Well, they've been locked down for like six weeks. Yeah. So their lockdown's obviously not working. Yeah. If you're still getting thousands of people every single week that are getting COVID when you're in complete lockdown, it's probably not working. And then the best thing was, as far as we we're talking about sales pitches, is my other post that I put up this week, because right at the beginning of the rollout, Gladys was like, when we get to 6 million shots, everyone who's vaccinated is going to get a treat. Yeah. This and, is wild. Right? And then everyone's like, oh... We're going to get a treat. They're probably going to let us walk around unmasked. We're probably going to be able to go to restaurants and, and live normally. We could go into state. We might even get overseas travel. Ding, 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 ding. We got the six million shots. Everyone who's fully vaccinated can congregate outside with groups of up to five people, as long as they're all vaccinated. If they're adults, you can have children there as well for an extra hour a day. You get an extra hour of rec time. Congratulations. That's prison. It's prison. It's time in the yard. You get an extra hour of yard time if you're fully vaccinated. And what is really interesting is I had a friend of mine who posted something on, on their page a week ago, and it was one of the rhetoric posts that you've seen bandied around about, in other words, I'm not vaccinated for me, I'm vaccinated for you, was essentially what the post said. So then I stuck my post up a couple of days ago, basically making light of how fucking ridiculous that situation mm. is. And... She even commented on it going, like, I, I, there's no point to me being fully vaxxed if this is all we got. Yeah. So it's interesting how, again, when we talk about sales, like, it was literally, and Batuta Advocate made a, made a, um, a 
story up about this, which was recently. It's literally like, you know, you could have your freedom or what's in this box. Yeah. The box. The box. The box. The box. Right? Like, how dumb are we? They got tricked into going and doing this thing without knowing what the fucking carrot is at the end of it. Wild. And then the carrot is, it's actually shit on a stick. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) let's leave it at that. Thank you very much for joining us. Stay mentally safe and physically safe. Like, share, and subscribe. (laughs) Like, share, subscribe. All that shit. See you next audio, guys.